1: I reading in Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. We who are Jews by birth and not a sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. But if, in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promote sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I restored, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I tied to the law, so I might might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live but Christ lives with me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the Lord, Christ died for nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful man of God. Come and bless him as he leads us in worship today. Anoint his words with authority and grace that he might reveal more of your truth, love, and levity to all you, all you ear. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Paul, for reading
0: today's word. As we continue in our series, uh, United Together with Christ, we're looking into the reality that God created this world and everything in it. And even though sin entered in, and veered creation off course from its intended design. God is still active and at work in this world, and by faith we are brought along into God's plan of redemption. Last week we were able to see the benefit. Uh, we were able to start seeing the benefits of being brought into God's plan by faith. Uh, first and foremost, we're trusting in the God who knows what He's doing. You see, God is the one who is in control and has planned out the direction of the universe before time even began, as we saw in the book of Ephesians. And so, as was preached last week, in one sense, we can never really mess up so badly that God would need to press the eject button. And so today, we're continuing to look at these benefits uh, of our union with Jesus through the lens of what Scripture calls righteousness. Um, Related to that is the idea of being justified. As you heard Paul read this morning, you might have seen uh, the Apostle Paul saying that multiple times in this letter. And now I get that maybe for some of you who might not have grown up in the church, uh, when you hear the word justification or when you hear the word righteousness, uh, it might feel a little bit abstract. Like you kind of know what he's talking about, but it's not very clear how that connects to your everyday life. And while we might not use these words regularly outside of a church setting, uh, it might be a little bit more common than you might think. Why do you smash that like button when you're watching a video that you like on YouTube? It's because you're declaring that this video is entertaining or useful or it moved you in some way, shape, or form. You are justifying that this video is worth watching so that when someone else scrolls across this video and sees how many views and how many likes it got, you say, oh, this video has something to it. This channel is worth following. Maybe you've been to Ikea or another store and you saw those little happy or not buttons. You see the row of smiley faces with different colors and a different gradient of smiling or not. When you press that button, you are declaring that, at your, time, that your time at the store was good or maybe it wasn't. You are declaring that their service was good enough or not. Justification is the number of stars next to a product on Amazon or a Yelp review. When you order food through DoorDash or Uber Eats, you have to oftentimes click, how was your service? Can you justify that it was good and that the service must continue? You see, justification, your right standing, uh, it's also, in a more serious note, Questioned during every performance review at work. Every time, kids, you get your report card from school, uh, don't you have a little bit of dread? Because it tells you, uh, it answers the question, are you doing good enough at school? Are you marked as a successful student? You see, being justified, being called righteous, it deals with your status. It is answering the question, are you good enough? And so, as we dig even deeper into the deeper matters of life, what is your status before the God of the universe? When you answer to him, will he see that you are good or that you are righteous in his eyes? How do we become good enough to stand before the God of the universe? You see, Paul is trying to unpack that for us here in Galatians, and so we'll look at it through two points, Uh, keeping it very simple, works of the law and justified by faith. Again, we see the two points, works of the law and justified by faith. As we enter into verse 15, it might help uh, to give a little bit of context, a little bit of background of what's going on. You see, in the early church, there were a a group of those within the church uh, who argued that to be truly righteous before God, you had to follow the customs found in the law of Moses. In the Old Testament, the law given to the people of God, this was the standard that they were saying you have to follow if you're truly Christian. You see this play out even in an instance that Paul writes about earlier in the chapter where he confronts Peter. You see, Paul is trying to address the fact that for those Christians or those within the church that said you have to live according to the Jewish law, they were differentiating themselves from one another within the church and labeling those that weren't following the laws Gentile sinners. See, we are not those Gentile sinners. We are the ones that follow the law of God. That's what they were saying. And of course, when Paul hears this, he's coming right out of the gates, guns blazing. He is echoing their insult ironically. You know, we aren't Jewish. uh, We are Jewish by birth and not Gentile sinners. And he's bringing that up because of what his main point is in the whole letter, as we see in verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And so as he's bringing out this reality of Gentile sinners, he is touching upon these two concepts, the works of the law and faith in Christ. And these are two opposing views that do not mix. It has to be one or the other and not both. So what is wrong with the works of the law? You see, uh, throughout the letter to Galatians, Paul makes it clear that the law of Moses was never meant to be a final authority. It was temporary or a guardian. It was a shadow before the true reality, the climax of God's plan of redemption found in Jesus Christ. So in trying to say that following the dietary restrictions or the ceremonial traditions made you righteous or good, doing that is actually missing the point. You see, the Mosaic law did not make you better than the Gentile sinners. In fact, it's because whether you were Jew or Gentile, we were still all on the same level playing field, falling short of the glory of God. The law was never supposed to perfect us. It was supposed to show us. It was calling us to trust in, look forward to someone greater. So by depending on the works of the law, by trying to say that to be truly Christian, you need to follow the law to the T, they were missing the point. And that kind of ties into the second reason why the works of the law never justify. It'll never change your status because you will never be good enough. The law of Moses may have given you a glimpse of God's good and perfect standards, uh, the standards that you need to fulfill to be righteous, to be declared righteous before him, to be declared good enough. But if you honestly measured yourself up before this law, you would realize that you stand condemned. That's what Paul is getting at in verse 18. If you rebuild what you have torn down, You prove to be a transgressor. Going to the law will only show you just how much you fall short. And so that is why Jesus died uh, in the first place. So as Paul is challenging and pushing back against these people within the church, Paul is also challenging us today, this morning as well. Because the same God of Galatia in the first century is the same God we worship here today. And so for us this morning, we need to pause and reflect. Are you missing the point? Are you so focused on obeying God as if doing so earns you more favor? Are you so afraid of messing up because doing so might mean that God will love you less? That is operating under the works of the law, and it adds nothing but a pressure on you that you are unable to bear. But there's another way that we miss the point. We might be trying to prove ourselves through the law, but on the other hand, maybe some of us this morning uh, may be wrestling not with, am I good enough before God, or does God love me? Maybe your question is, do these standards even matter? Here's what I'm getting at. Maybe for some of us this morning, you know the right answer, that the right answer within the church setting is to pursue faithfulness to God. But maybe in the day-to-day life, you may live according to a different standard, a different metric to tell you that you are good enough. You may know that you're supposed to love God and love others following the greatest commandment, but you might be consumed with wanting to earn enough money. Maybe get into that next income bracket. Maybe you are so focused on landing that prestigious job or going to that one school that is your dream school. Maybe more than what God has to say, you are more concerned about being excellent in a sport, being a skilled musician, or pursuing some other hobby. You know, of course, God is in the picture, but when I get that one goal, when i buy that house, when I reach that stage of life, when I do that one thing that I put all of my free time into, then I've made it. Then I've reached the status that I wanted. Then my existence is justified. Maybe some of us are operating in that way this morning. What is it for you? At the end of the day, that too becomes a work. It becomes a law that you live by. It is an authority other than the true and living God who still presses upon you a standard too heavy for you to bear on your own. Isn't that why maybe you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed this morning? Because you're trying to prove yourself in every which way. Maybe you're caught in this endless loop of chasing after something, maybe even achieving it, and then feeling dissatisfied. Moving on to the next thing, repeating again and again. Regardless of what standard you try to follow, we will still have to answer to God, the creator of the universe. And no amount of success, no achievement, no amount of possessions will make us good enough in the eyes of God. All of our works cannot justify us. Instead, we are justified by faith. Here's what being justified by faith looks like. Um, maybe this illustration might help. There is a series on Disney Plus called Welcome to Earth. Um, Will Smith actually is teaming up with a whole bunch of other explorers, and they explore different natural phenomenon all around the world. And in the first episode, uh, he climbs up a live volcano with a man by the name of Eric Weinmeier. He is a blind explorer uh, who, though was blind, has climbed Mount Everest, who have traversed down the Grand Canyon. And what's fascinating with that episode as they explore this idea of sound is that uh, because Eric is blind, he is more in tune with the subtleties of the sounds around him. So when they're trekking up the mountain. He can tap his pole. He can snap his fingers. He could have someone click their tongue, and he has a general idea of his surroundings and can walk out, walk up without a guide. As he explains his story on becoming blind in high school, he mentions that though he felt initially that he would be stuck on the sidelines, he realized that the beauty of hearing is that you can hear things that no eye can see. You could hear behind you just as well as you could hear in front of you. There are all kinds of things that I could see with my ears that you cannot see with your eyes. There are all kinds of things that I see with my ears that you cannot see with your eyes. Uh, In my words, as I hear Eric say that in the episode, uh, it was through the death of Eric's vision that he was able to see the beauty and the intricacies of the sound around him. Though his vision died, he is alive. His hearing is alive to, sensitive to, the inaudible rumblings of the volcanoes, the vibrations or the infrasounds that the earth makes. He could feel all of the things that the explorers around him could not in his eardrums. It was through the death of his vision that his hearing was free to grow much deeper than it otherwise could. And hearing that, I feel like it gives us a glimpse into what Paul means by being justified by faith. Because when you truly trust in Jesus, there is a sense that you die. Look at what Paul says in verse 19. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When we turn in faith, there's a sense where we die, where we feel a loss. We die to our past obsessions and ambitions. We die to all of our achievements and accomplishments. We die to the standards and the rules that we used to live by. We die to the law. Yet, except for us, it isn't just adapting to try to find a silver lining in a bad situation. Uh, We find the answer to the issues regarding our status, our righteousness. We become justified. Because in dying to the law and living to God, we find a life infinitely greater than we could have ever imagined. It is only when we die to the law, when we stop trying to justify ourselves and trying to prove to God that we are good enough, it is when that happens we can actually experience the righteousness, the the stamp of approval, the good job, my good and faithful servant, that God gives us by faith. Because instead of doing something to earn God's approval, you can experience, you can be sensitive to, you can feel alive in the love of God that he gives to you freely through his son. You'll get to know that because you can never live up to God's good and perfect standards, Jesus came down onto this earth to live the life you could not live. Because your status before God meant that you deserved condemnation, Jesus took your place on the cross and through his death and through his resurrection. Through those things, his act of salvation, when you turn to him in faith and are united to Jesus, you are not only forgiven, but his perfect status is given to you. As he sits in heaven, he pours out his spirit to us. The seal of approval, the guarantee that your status before God will be that of a child bought by the blood. You will be seen as perfect in God's eyes because of all that Jesus has done before you. So that now when we approach the throne of God, When we stand before God, he looks at you and echoes the words that he gave to Jesus. This is my child whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. That is offered to you by faith. And that is what then changes us so that we can live faithfully. You know, I think in today's society, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, just tell me what I have to do, and I'll do it. And so for today, my challenge to you is to not try to run to just trying to do something for yourself, but instead, slow down and meditate over your status as a child of God by faith. There's this one quote uh, by the Scottish minister, Robert Murray McShane. uh, It's attributed to him saying, For every one look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. For every one look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. That means for every one time you feel like you have failed, that you feel like a failure, slow down and look at how God's love for you does not change that Christ died for you because he loved you. Slow down and trust in the fact that that can never change because Jesus, as he is sitting at the right hand of God right now, is pleading on your behalf, saying, my blood purchased him. My blood purchased her. For every one time you doubt if God really loves you or if you Believe that God is too angry for you. Look at Christ and recognize it is not even the strength of your faith that saves you, but it is the strength of our Savior who was victorious on the cross. For every time you feel amazing, that you have done something awesome, and that you feel like you're on top of the world, slow down and praise God who gives every good and perfect gift. Take time to humbly acknowledge that for every one thing that was in your control, there was an infinite number of things that God was at work to orchestrate so that things would work out for your good. For every one time you look at another person with a critical eye, maybe as we confessed this morning, for every one time we, try, we have a judgmental heart, Slow down and recognize that you too were deserving condemnation before God. Save the grace of Jesus Christ. And may that humble you to not look at one another with a judgmental attitude, but instead with love, with the same love that you've received from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was God's work of redemption accomplished on the cross so that for us, our standing, our status, the question, are we good enough, will be a resounding yes because of all that he has done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we confess that it is so easy to want to prove ourselves. We live in a society where we have to prove ourselves. It feels like every single day. Yet, God, we thank you that though we fall short of your standards, though we, in one sense, are not righteous, are not good enough, God, you have done everything required so that we might be declared your child, that we might be declared beloved daughter, beloved son. May that be our hope as we move forward. And may that be something we chew on regularly. Lord, I pray, God, that we can slow down and not be so caught up and just trying to do more, trying to prove ourselves before you. But instead, may us, may we rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross, knowing that we are united to him by faith.
1: Amen.